Welcome to the NLPCourses.com show, where we push past the hype and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP. Diving into physiology, neuroscience, and linguistics so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career, moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money, or make a difference. Tune in weekly if you care more than others think wise as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to receive our newsletter and receive free transcripts of each show. Here's your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. My name is John Cassidy Rice and I have the pleasure to be your host. In last week's podcast, we were interviewing Patrick from the Oxygen Advantage, and he was talking about how breathing through your nose can help controlling your asthma and being able to put yourself back in control. So rather than feeling like a victim, you have something you can do that will help your own health and well-being. So we're going to join part two of this podcast, where we carry on talking about asthma but then move it into sports health success and well-being okay patrick over to you yes and yes but, but once you start changing your breathing like if, if you look at any of the clinical trials uh, the one in calgary hospital it was at Fontills hospital i think is the name of it but it was dr robert cow he was the he was the pulmonologist or the respiratory consultant asthma control improved from 40 percent to 79 percent it's a huge result. You know, you've got 40, normally 40% of the asthma population, their asthma isn't under control. Sorry, normally 40% of the asthma population have their asthma under control at any one time. So there's 60% of the asthma population don't have good asthma control. So they're having symptoms every week. Now, in the clinical trial, when, you, when, when their breathing was changed and they were trained to breathe through the nose and to breathe lightly, their asthma control come up from 40 to 79%. But 21% of the individuals completely were able to give up their medication, completely, wow. under medical super, supervision. And 39% reduced their medication. So here you have 60% of people able to, to reduce their medication significantly um, and overall asthma control greatly improving. I think it's a great result. And those results have been replicated in a number of clinical trials. I've got a book, for instance, Close Your Mouth. Um, it was a, a university in Egypt which used the book as a clinical trial. And again, they showed that it was very, very good results through, throughout, throughout the trial with the group who was using the information from the book. And they said, in quotes, if this was, they said, we, we are not quite sure what's happening here, you know, because the human body is very, very complex and we don't know. Um, there's different theories that can support it yes you breathe through the nose you get nasal nitric oxide that opens up the lungs it sterilizes the incoming air there's better ventilation perfusion you know there's quite a list there in support of it but they said the precise reason is unknown but they said if this was a drug it would be widely available um, so I know it's a, asthma is a dreadful complaint and it must be shocking for a parent to first see their child having an asthma attack and the child is caught for breath but it's very important. Let's teach our children to breathe through the nose and give them some means of helping to improve their asthma control. Yes. And 
while I'm thinking about it, you were also talking about uh, sports at one yes, point and how yes. that benefits. And I think one of the key areas seems to be, was it stamina that breathing through the nose really helps with? Well, one of some of the benefits of breathing through the nose, it includes, it improves arterial oxygen uptake. Um, for instance, you get more oxygen delivery to the cells breathing through the nose versus breathing through the mouth. Yeah. Um, it's very good in terms of having the airways as I spoke with. But we've got two two different elements. Um, the sports program that we have is called the Oxygen Advantage. And the first thing is we, we look at a, an athlete coming in. And, you know, athletes are also prone to dysfunctional breathing. They can pick up poor breathing habits. So if you have an athlete who has got a poor breathing habit, it's not going to automatically fix itself when the athlete does physical exercise. Um, we use a bolt measurement, which is the length of time that the athlete can comfortably hold their breath for. And if they've got a low score, it indicates excessive breathlessness during physical exercise. But if they've got a high score, it indicates that they're, they're well able to tolerate physical exercise. So we improve their dysfunctional breathing patterns, including their sleep, um, and that will translate into less breathlessness during physical exercise. The second aspect of it is that we have exercises to simulate high-altitude training. Um, so we have them do breath-holding exercises on the exhalation, and we purposely lower their, their blood oxygen saturation. Um, we also generate a hypercapnic response, which means that carbon dioxide levels in the, in the blood accumulate. So we, we provoke a blood acidosis. In other words, that we're deliberately putting the athlete into a state of lactic acid and fatigue. And then this causes the body, then the body makes adaptations to help deal with this. So it improves the buffering capacity. So for, for athletes, for instance, who are doing maybe MMA fighting or boxing or sprinting, um, we can delay the onset of lactic acid and fatigue. The second aspect of it is that when you do breath holding, you can also improve aerobic capacity because holding of the breath to lower oxygen saturation in the blood, it provokes the spleen, um, which is an organ located under your diaphragm. And it provokes the spleen to release more red blood cells into circulation. So if you've got more red blood cells, because they carry oxygen, um, it improves your oxygen carrying capacity. And therefore, you can get more oxygen to the tissues. So you, you can work harder in terms of endurance. Um, a second factor is that when you hold your breath, there's a reduced blood flow and reduced oxygen delivery to the kidneys. So the kidneys will synthesize a hormone called EPO. And EPO, is, it's a hormone, so it's going to send a message to the bone marrow to produce more red blood cells. So this is a, a second effect in terms of improving aerobic capacity. Um, there's the third aspect of it in that we do breath holding to deliberately provoke the brain to send messages to the breathing muscles to breathe. Um, and this will be improving respiratory muscle strength because physical training will improve the, you know, of course it's going to improve the cardiovascular system. It's going to help the musculoskeletal system, but it doesn't improve the respiratory system. Training, physical training doesn't, help improve diaphragmatic strength um, and it, it doesn't improve the amount of oxygen that's delivered from say the lungs into the blood but when you do breath holding your oxygen your blood oxygen saturation changes um, the quantity of carbon dioxide as well that increases and the diaphragm becomes uncomfortable and as a result of that the brain then sends, sends a message to the diaphragm to breathe 
So the diaphragm starts to contract, it starts moving downwards. So effectively, you can give your breathing muscles a great workout. And as you give your breathing muscles a workout, um, it strengthens them. And the benefit of having improved respiratory muscle strength is that if you're an endurance athlete or if you're MMA, you can be prone to diaphragmatic fatigue. Once the diaphragm fatigues, blood flow is diverted from the legs to the diaphragm. So for instance, if your diaphragm fatigues, well, the body is going to start sending the blood flow, diverting it from the legs to the diaphragm. And as a result, you're going to have to either reduce performance or cease it altogether. And a strong diaphragm and strong breathing muscles are also important. So we're talking about breathing efficiency. Um, we're talking about improving arterial oxygen uptake. Um, we're talking about good blood circulation, good delivery of oxygen to the cells. And we're also talking about improving respiratory muscle strength. Um, we're talking about improving aerobic capacity and also about improving anaerobic capacity. So there's quite a lot to it, but it's the same technique. Wow. And I should imagine there's much, not just in sports and fitness, everything you're talking about there will help with learning, academia, um, well-being in life. Yes, there's just quite a few, you know, like even there's just a simple aspect of breathing through the nose and to breathe lightly. Um, it, it can make a huge difference, you know, as I said earlier on, um, as I said earlier on, you know, your sleep is improved um, you feel better. You know, your functioning during the day is better. You're getting more blood flow to the brain. You're better able to cope with stress. Like focusing on the breath is very important in terms of concentration. In 2002, Microsoft conducted research and they looked at the average attention span of the Western individual and they determined it to be 12 seconds. In 2012, they again did the same research and they found that the average attention span of the Western individual has reduced to eight seconds. Now, they said this is kind of bizarre because a goldfish has the attention span of nine seconds. <laughs> but they put it down to overuse of information technology, overuse of social media, websites. Um, you know, people are constantly distracted, texting. So what's happening now is that the next generation and I don't include myself in it because I'm lucky I escaped all of the whole, you know, I'm 43. So I'm kind of, you know, we should be looking at 20 year olds now. They're constantly buried in their phone, um, texting, constantly interrupted all the time. And their, their attention span is reducing. So when your attention span reduces, your ability to focus reduces. Your thinking increases. So random, repetitive thinking increases. And research was done by a Harvard professor, Daniel Gilbert. Sponsor of this week's NLPCourses.com podcast show, the NLP Practitioner Training, designed to transform your life. Attend the first day completely free. Find out more. Head over to the website to secure your place with the next NLP Practitioner. And they looked at it through an app called trackyourhappiness.org. And they collected 250,000 data points. Um, from 5,000 individuals spread across 83 countries. And they found out that people who think the most are less happy. Now, the more we think, the more distracted we are, the less our, concentra less our concentration, the greater we're stress, anxiety, depression. Because if we can't stop thinking, the mind has control of us as opposed to us having control over the mind. So how do you, how do you help with that? Well, we have to bear in mind... 
we have to become cognizant of the whole this buried in our phone, buried on the computer screen. It's it is it can have detrimental consequences, and I think we need to start becoming aware of it. And to help counteract the effect of that, because, of course, we're not going to get away from it. I work on a computer. You work on a computer. Yeah. And the vast majority of us do. But take time out to focus on the breath. Because focusing on the breath is training the brain to hold its attention on something for a period of time. So here is where we can counteract the distraction. And the more you focus on the breath, the more you train your brain. As you train your brain, your concentration improves. Your productivity improves, but also your ability to determine, um, for instance, whether your thoughts are useful or if they're not useful. You become more aware of what's going on in your mind. Um, The structural changes that take place in the brain and that random and repetitive and incessant and often these negative and critical thinking, it starts to reduce. Um, The amygdala shrinks. And there's a huge, you know, people who are prone to stress, anxiety, let's start helping yourself. And breathing through the nose and focusing on the breath is a great way to start with that. So I think that the application of such a simple thing is enormous. From the individual who's stressed to the individual who wants to get better results in their academia to the individual who wants to have an improved quality of life, to feel better, to the individual who wants to be happy, to the guy who's playing sports. Um, it's the same technique simple exercises simple techniques and it's all about harnessing and tapping into the body's own natural resources and paying attention to the body and allowing the body to work for us as opposed to the opposite yes yes I that, that triggered a thought I remember <clears throat> reading many years ago that Dr. Wen Wenger if you wanted to be good at studying mm-hmm. uh, recommends swimming underwater for longer periods of time Wow, that's great. Uh, I must check him out, actually. Yes, he's got some um, several books out on learning. He's known for image streaming. And great. He was talking about getting the carbon dioxide. Uh, so yes. If you can't do the swimming, is to breathe into a paper bag. Yeah, yeah. You know, the principle is correct. Um, the paper bag mightn't be... The best. <laughs> it, it might be the best. Well, you know what? Short term will be fine. Um, because when you when you breathe into the paper bag, you're you're rebreathing CO two back into the body, but you don't want to continue breathing into the paper bag because your oxygen saturation is going to drop. Yes. Um, but no, but the, but the principle is super. Um, you could do it this way: just cup your hands in front of your face and pretend that your hands is a, a brown paper bag. So you're using your hands to pull CO two, but there, of course there's going to be plenty of oxygen getting in as well. So you could do it that way. Yes. So yeah, that's that's exactly that's right down our field. So I'm going to look into to Dr. Wenger. Thanks for that. Yeah, no pleasure, pleasure. So as I got you here, I might ask mm-hmm. a personal question. Uh, sure. To make sure I'm doing this correctly. Mm-hmm. So you were talking about um, holding your breath yes. and the length of time. And what yes. I liked about the the method you used was to do it while you're walking. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing this while I'm walking the dog. Mm-hmm. Is and what surprised me, um, let me sure I get this right, is that breathing through the nose and you breathe out through the nose and hold it. Yes. And then yeah. what surprised me, I could only, when I started, could only get up to about 10 steps. Mm-hmm. And, and that's at the low end. Sure, sure, sure. Yep. I'm, I'm starting after about three weeks now of mm-hmm. getting between 15 and 20. 
Yeah, and you know, it continues to improve. It's, it's a great exercise for somebody to, that's relatively healthy, you know. Um, if people have high blood pressure, if the female is pregnant, we, we don't encourage it, you know, if you have any kind of serious health conditions. But it, this is quite similar to swimming. Um, so you, you're going for your walk, and after about a minute of walking, take a, a normal breath in through your nose, allow a normal breath out through your nose, pinch your nose, and hold your breath for 10 or 15 paces. And then resume normal breathing. And after about a minute or two, do the same again. And then resume normal breathing. And you can increase the length of time that you're holding your breath for. A few things are happening. Uh, the, the reason that we breathe out and hold is because we can create a hypoxic effect. We can lower oxygen saturation in the blood. Um, also, when you breathe out and hold, nitric oxide pools in the nasal cavity. So that when you resume breathing you're carrying a higher concentration of nitric oxide into the lungs where it helps open up the airways. Um, holding the breath within with intolerable levels, it also improves blood flow to the brain, so you feel more alert. And it helps to reset the respiratory center so that your breathing becomes lighter. Um, it helps to the body to tolerate a higher level of breathlessness so that your perception of breathlessness during physical exercise reduces. So it's a very simple exercise that you can incorporate. And that's, like, that's what I think is always best. How can we get somebody to incorporate this into their way of life? It's not a method, you know. Breathing through the nose is something we should be doing 24-7. Breathing lightly is something we should be doing 24-7. Because if, if we do that, um, it helps improve our quality of life. And the investment in time is well worth it. Yes. So, as I've been walking along, sometimes I think there's nobody about. So I'm actually pinching mm. my nose. Mm. And, and there are people about. <laughs> they must think I have a yes. smelly dog. Oh, they, won't, they won't even notice it because most people are so stuck in their heads anyway. They're not yes. seeing what's going on around them. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe it'll help bring them into the present moment that, <laughs> that, that, that they notice that there's something bizarre going on. Um, yeah, you could lock your throat, but holding of the nose is always the easiest because it kind of gives you that little bit of a, a crutch. Yes. Um, so it's the easiest way to do it. But yeah, but, you know, people bizarrely like we we always you know we could have somebody coming in here and they've been mouth breathing for 20 years and they're saying well how can i change it during the day and we've had people working as gardeners and uh, they use paper tape in their mouth out in the garden and i said okay is your garden is it a private garden no they said no it's, it's a public garden i'm a landscape gardener i work in a public park and these guys are taping up you know it's, it's people sometimes they don't really mind and you know, it's all about it's all about getting the end goal. Can we change from mouth to nose breathing, and can we change from breathing heavy to breathing lightly? Excellent. So, if somebody wanted to find out more about this, where would they sure. go to? We've a load, load of resources available. Like we've the science for sports. Um, if people want to dig in a little bit deeper, and um, we try and support everything that we do with science. Um, because, you know, a lot of my work is with medical and dental conferences um, and anything that I say, I have to be able to, to back it up as best I can. Yes. So the science is available on oxygenadvantage.com. So that's simply oxygenadvantage.com. And just click on science and they'll see it. Um, we've also got for health. So the health one is butecoclinic.com. And that's B-U-T-E-Y-K-O clinic.com. So we've got different videos, information on ADD, and a lot of the papers. We put up the abstracts of the papers um, showing the relationship between breathing and ADD, breathing and sleep, breathing and asthma, breathing and craniofacial development, and breathing and stress. 
And then on YouTube, um, if you put in my name, you'll see some of the breathing exercises. We put up quite a few of them. So because we want people to practice them. Um, we want you to practice them to feel the difference it can make in your life. And that's why we put them up there. And, you know, they've been coming quite popular as well. They've been having quite a few hits. And I did a TED Talk about three months ago, in June or so. And it's now, we just checked it this morning, but it was 55,000 hits. And the TED Talk is, is simply looking at the relationship between mouth breathing and nose breathing and how it influences overall health. Um, and I've included some of the exercises there as well. So, yeah, so I think your listeners, they can get a lot of stuff. Um, we all pro- we provide it there. And then there's books, there's DVD sets, there's Skype courses. So whatever, whatever people, you know, how much information you want, you can choose. But it's all there for you. Excellent. So I'll put a link in to the uh, podcast page, where you, to your website, and this is okay to some of your YouTubes, and also to your book. Great, thanks. Great, that's great. Patrick, you've been very kind and very generous with the information here. Thank you ever so much. Have a great day. Yeah, thanks for the chat, John. It's always great to help reach out, and you know, hopefully we, we, uh, we can change mindsets and we can, we can ask people to question well. Am I breathing through my mouth? Am I tired? Am I stressed? Or if breathing through the nose will make a difference. Yes. And can also give you the edge in life in concentration, focus and success. Yes. Yes. I think it's very important. I wouldn't do it without it. (laughs) Thank you, Patrick. (laughs) Have a great day. Thanks, John. Bye. You too. Take care. Bye. 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 Thank you for tuning in. You were just listening to NLPCourses.com podcast show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and make sure to head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter, where we keep you updated with in-depth NLP topics. Subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neuro-linguistics, programming, and beyond.